This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Depending on where you live, it could involve a sheep's head, whale blubber, or throwing food at the ceiling. This is your Squiz Kids shortcut to the world's Christmas menu, the (laughs) podcast where we dive into the who, what, when, where, why and how of the big news stories. I'm Amanda Bauer. And I'm Bryce Corbett. Now, Bryce, I know not everyone celebrates Christmas, Mm -hmm. but... As with most holidays around the world, it involves food. Oh, yeah. And you know I love to talk about food. I do indeed know that about you, Amanda, because I also like to talk about food. And believe (laughs) it or not, in many countries of the world, they find our Australian Christmas menu, which often features seafood, salads, barbecues and other summer stuff, Mm. extremely exotic. So (laughs) we thought it would be fun to learn about how some other cultures celebrate Christmas. Today, we'll take you through where you can find some of the most unusual Christmas dishes, to our Aussie palates at least, why some families sit down to a 12-course meal, and what is on the menu for dessert. Dessert, my favourite. <laughs> Remember to listen carefully. There's a squeeze at the end. Where? Bryce, it's probably not surprising to you that each culture eats foods at Christmas that are found in their local environment. Mm -hmm. Christmas traditions evolved long before there were planes that could fly in out of season fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. So let's start our journey in Greenland, one of the coldest places on the planet. Now, I'm going to guess there's probably no fresh tropical fruit salad on their Christmas (laughs) table then. Nope, not a lot of pineapple to be had in Greenland at Christmas time. (laughs) So the Inuit, who are the indigenous people of Greenland serve something called matak. It's a strip of skin that's taken from a narwhal or a white whale. Ugh, yuck. Now, the blubber is still attached. Keep in mind that in cold temperatures, people need to eat a lot to keep their strength up. So whale fat, Mm -hmm. which is what blubber is, is actually a great way to get some extra calories. Okay. Now, the matak is served carved into bite-sized chunks. And you said yuck, but (laughs) it's actually supposed to taste like fresh coconut, which, if true, is absolutely delicious. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, I'll have to take your word for it. And what do they serve with the matak? Amanda. A dish called kiviak. It's meat from a small Arctic bird called an orc, but uh-huh. you don't eat it fresh. Right. So the Inuit take up to 500 orcs at a time and they stuff them inside a seal skin. <laughs> they surround the birds by seal fat. And then they sew it all shut and bury it in the ground for a few months to ferment. Now, Bryce, before you say that's gross, I must point out that fermentation (laughs) is exactly what happens when you make yogurt or cheese or sourdough bread. Yeah, all right. I take your point there, Amanda, but none of these things ferment inside a seal skin. That is true. So let's take off from Greenland. We are going to travel now to Norway Mm. to sample the dish Smalahoven. (laughs) Okay. Bryce, in Norwegian, smala means sheep. Yeah. And hover means head. So people there eat sheep's heads for Christmas? Well, traditionally, it was served the Sunday before Christmas. Uh Nowadays, there are towns in Western Norway that serve it year round because adventurous tourists desperately want to try it. Right. Now, 
Usually you don't eat the brain. The sheep's head is prepared by splitting a lamb's head in half, oh. soaking the halves in water for two days, then oh. salting them, drying them and smoking them. God. And then the head halves are boiled or steamed before eating. <laughs> that sounds delicious, not. <laughs> so essentially you get half a sheep's head on a plate for Christmas. Yeah. I'll put a picture in your episode notes. Traditionally, you eat the eyes and ears first. Oh, They're the most no. delicious, apparently. Ugh. And it's served with potatoes. Oh, dear. Potatoes. Okay, now you're talking. <laughs> Amanda, you mentioned that in some countries, 12 course meals are served for Christmas. So where do we go for that? And will sheep's head be on the menu again? Don't worry. I think you're going to be safe. Okay. Bryce, let's head to Ukraine, where a lot of people will be having a very different Christmas this year because of the war with yeah, Russia. absolutely. Now, both the Russian and Ukrainian Christians follow the Orthodox calendar, which means that their Christmas falls on January the 7th. Mm -hmm. And traditionally, they prepare 12 different courses for their Christmas ah. meal because that symbolises the 12 apostles who followed Jesus Christ. Right. And as a reminder, it is his birth that is celebrated at Christmas. Yes, indeed it is. Now, which one of those 12 dishes would you most like to eat, Amanda? And please tell me there's no sheep's head in there. <laughs> I promise there's no sheep's head. In fact, the most anticipated dish apparently yeah. is called kutya. Mm -hmm. Now, Christmas is the only time that this sweet pudding mm -hmm. is made. Okay. So there you go. It's not no yeah, sheep pudding. in sight. Sounds good. It's made with wheat, raisins, honey mm -hmm. and nuts. Mm -hmm. And it takes up to six hours to cook. Ah, so I bet everyone wants a big bowl of that. It takes so much effort. Well, actually, everyone eats from the same bowl to symbolise unity. And okay. they always leave some behind, no matter how delicious it is, to remember loved ones who have died. Mm -hmm. So you're leaving a little bit for them. Yep. And in possibly the very best part, they also traditionally throw a spoonful at the ceiling. Oh, now that sounds like fun. So if it sticks, then there'll be a good harvest that year. Yeah. People in Lithuania also serve a 12-course meal, although they have theirs on Christmas Eve. Right. And get this, their 12-course meal has traditionally no meat, no dairy and no hot food. Oh, what? So fish, vegetables, fruits, breads? What are we talking? Exactly. That's ah. exactly right. And they're all cold. Oh. Now, Bryce, I think we should just nip off from Lithuania and go quickly to Poland. Okay. Because they have a Christmas tradition that I really love. Please tell me it's a turkey. <laughs> nope. No turkey. <laughs> it actually isn't food. Okay. Families always set the table with an extra seat and place setting in case anyone arrives last minute in need of a meal. Oh, I like that. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, that's nice. They also wait to eat until the first star appears in the sky. Oh, go the Poles. Now, I suppose that's fine now that I think about it if you're eating in a Polish winter, but imagine that here, we'd be eating really late. I mean, I'd be asleep by the time we got to dessert and I never want to miss dessert. Oh no. Now, speaking of which, what are some of the sweet treats on the world's Christmas menu, Amanda? What? 
Well, Bryce, I am a big fan of spreading out my dessert consumption for as long as possible. Oh, yes. So you can imagine how much I loved it when I lived in Germany. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, people there will bake a different kind of Christmas biscuit every weekend for the month leading up to Christmas. And I loved living in France for exactly the same reason. They made the most delicious bouche de Noël at Christmas time. Oh, creamy, chocolatey yumminess. Bouche, I think. Price, correct me if I'm wrong, means log in French. And it does indeed. the bouche de Noël is made to look an awful lot like a log of wood. Yes, not very appetising. Some people even make little marzipan mushrooms and they put mm-hmm. them there as if they're growing out of the log. Yeah. Now, I learned that this tradition comes from the old French practice of carrying a wooden log into the home on Christmas Eve, yep. sprinkling it with wine mm-hmm. and then burning it. Yeah. And apparently in the 1940s, as that practice faded, probably just because fewer people had wood-burning fireplaces, mm-hmm. the dessert took the place of the wooden log. And, of course, across the Channel from France in England, there's the very old tradition of the Christmas pudding. Now, my grandmother always used to put coins into hers, as indeed my mother still does. Me too. Mm-hmm. We still have the same coin in the family that yeah, Grand used Yeah, all it's getting very ago. thin, and I'm very worried <laughs> one year I'm just going to swallow it. So these puddings started way back in the 1400s in England as a porridgey kind of meal mm. that was full of fruit, nuts, and oats, and it was considered good luck for everyone in the family to have a stir of the mixture yeah. as it was cooking. Mm hmm. And then they also added coins, wishbones, thimbles, rings, and supposedly whatever you got had a meaning. So you might get rich if you got a coin, get married if you got a ring, or something else exciting. Mm. Now, Bryce, I can't find any statistics on the number of people who (laughs) choked on their Christmas puddings filled with wishbones and thimbles, but I'm betting it's not zero. Yeah, I think you're probably right, and that is certainly one way of making dessert really unhealthy. Speaking of healthy, in China, where most of the population doesn't celebrate Christmas and it's not a public holiday, Mm -hmm. people have lately started giving apples to each other on Christmas Eve. Ah. They are very healthy, but apparently they're not really for eating. They're carved with a message or a design and really intricately wrapped, and they're known as peace apples. Ah. I'll put a link to some pictures in your episode notes, as well as pictures and recipes for just about everything we've talked about today. Fantastic. Now, I'm going to guess there's no recipe for smalhova, matak or kiviak, right? Well, a little too hard to get the ingredients. (laughs) Sheep of the world beware. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. What is a bouche de Noël from France? shaped to look like. Yeah, that's right. It's shaped to look like a log. Question number two. Polish families wait to eat their Christmas dinner until what has happened? Yeah, the first star has appeared in the night sky. Okay, question number three, a bit of a toughie. We think you've probably learned a little bit of Norwegian today. So tell us, what does smalahova mean? Yeah, that's right. Well done for those of you who got that one. It means sheep's head. Mm-mm. Question number four. Oh, no, 
we never do a fourth question. But <laughs> Crazy. Bryce and I are wondering, what's on your family's Christmas menu? Mm. Do you have any traditional favourites from other countries? Have a chat about the history of your family's traditions. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, love it. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us as we explored the who, what, how, where, when and why of the world's Christmas menu. Now get out there and have, from Amanda and I, a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Over and out. These episodes are edited and engineered by Carter Quinn. We are guessing that you're feeling a whole lot more knowledgeable after diving into that Squiz Kids shortcut. Don't forget, every Monday all through the holidays, we'll dive into the who, what, when, where, why and how of another big topic. Then on Wednesdays, the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner will take off to explore a new country every week along with its culture. And on Saturdays, Bryce will be challenging you and your grown-ups to a kids versus adults quiz on a different topic every week. And all of this amazing content is absolutely free. It's our little gift to you this festive season. And if you just can't get enough, don't forget about Newshounds, our brand new media literacy program for primary school kids. Your chance to join Squizzy the Newshound as he sniffs out the truth on the internet. If you're keen to know more, head to www.squizkids.com.au. And of course, if this is the first time you've come across us, Squiz Kids Today is a free daily news podcast during the school term, a kid-friendly take on the big news headlines, and we're available wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, squizkids.com.au.